Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. This is the informational playground of Star Style. Be the star you are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, coming to you live on the Voice American Network, the Empowerment Channel. And we are a part of the outreach program of Be the Star You Are Charity, which is a 501c3 to encourage positive messages like this radio show and express yourself, as well as increased literacy. We want to get you reading books and catapulting you to the stars and helping you to imagine your dreams as if they've already happened, because my motto has always been that we are the writers, producers, directors, and stars of our own lives. And, you know, the best shortcut to a life of your dreams is to know that you've already arrived. And the only way to get what you really want is to know what you really want and the way to know what you really want is to know yourself so hopefully in this show we can help you do that way know yourself be yourself listen to your heart the miracle moment for today is a Japanese proverb it is be at war with your vices be at peace with your neighbors and let every new year find you a better person vision without action is a daydream and action without vision is a nightmare. So we have to be uh, people of vision and then, of course, after that, be uh, people of action. So what do we have for you today on the show? I hope that this has enticed you. We're going to be talking about what is a good marriage and how it can enhance your health, but how a destructive relationship can actually make you sick. And this is not coming from anything of my own experiences. This is coming from scientific research where Science has now proved the benefits and the drawbacks from both good and bad marriages and both whether one person is nagging, etc. The second part is we are going to go for a walk in the wildness, <laughs> in the wilderness and the wildness as the gardener, gardener that I am and where it's going to be resolutions, goals for a fresh start and how that January can bring out your best efforts in wishful thinking and stamina and mindfulness in your garden. And then finally, we want to talk about being self-reliant. And as much as we all want to be independent, 
it is hard to ask for help. You know, being interdependent is probably healthier and happier. So we're going to uh, communicate uh, that, and we're going to show you how you can communicate your needs and talk about some interdependence. But first, right off, let's start uh, thinking about what it is about a good marriage. I mean, everybody, you read a lot about how married people seem to live longer, but it's really not that simple. It's If you are married to a pessimist, it could be a difference. If your beloved nags you all the time and watching your diet, if you are sullen and you seem to argue, all of these things have scientific health repercussions. And even those people who in, in decades-long committed relationships have uh, health benefits and health drawbacks. Now, when I say marriage, I do want to say that we all are also talking about long-term committed relationships. In the science world, they talk about marriages, but I am assuming that it probably also means anybody who has been together for a long, long time, whether you've got that piece of paper or not. So let's um, let's just talk about that as far as whether you have the piece of paper or not. So in general, yes. Being in a long-term relationship enhances your health because having someone that you love and that you want to keep around and having that companionship encourages healthy behavior. And that was said by uh, Christine Pruhl, who is the Associate Professor of Human Development and Family Science at the University of of Missouri. However, marriage... um, can also provide some very important social support, which can explain why recent studies show that married couples are more likely to survive really life-threatening diseases like cancer and less likely to develop dementia or to be hospitalized with pneumonia compared with unmarried uh, adults. Now, science has moved beyond simply comparing the benefits of married versus unmarried because they have actually really nuanced studies now that suggest the marriage health connection is different for husbands and wives and sometimes in a very unexpected way. And I found this really, really fascinating. For men, the quality of the marriage is kind of not that important. But only a good marriage is good for a woman's health. And that's Hulu of Michigan State University, the sociologists there. This is what they have found. Now, here are some of the ways your relationships can affect your health and your well-being. If you've been married for decades, you know, long married couples, they often say just like dogs, you know, the longer you have a dog, you tend to look like it. Well, if you ever look at people who have been together, you know, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, they tend to start looking alike. Well, what science is saying, they don't only start to look alike, they also become biologically similar as they age. Two recent studies found striking similarities between longtime couples, including their kidney functions, their cholesterol levels, their grip strength, and their difficulty or ease in performing, uh, performing daily tasks as well as whether they were happy or depressed. Now, findings presented um, in 2016 by 
University of Michigan researchers at their annual meeting of the Gerontological Society of America. I have to say that again. Gerontological Society of America. That is a great word. I think that's a, that's a really good word. They looked at 15,000 married couples. Now, older married couples. Let's put it that way. And um, who had been together for several decades. And that they found that many were in absolute biological sync based on markers in blood tests. You know, it's often been said, and I mean, this is research. I shouldn't say it's been said. It's actually research, scientific research, that when a group of young women um, live together, that their menstrual cycles actually become in sync. And I know, uh, for example, for myself, when I had um, two roommates, that was exactly what happened with us is that we became completely in sync. So I guess you know, that could be a bad thing if you tend to be a person that gets depressed during that time of the month. But anyway, an earlier study at the University of British Columbia and also at Pennsylvania State University studied 1,700 United States couples that were married for more than 40 years, and they found that the couples began to mirror each other's emotional and physical health as they age. And that was an indication of how interdependent, emotionally and physically, long married couples can become. And we're going to talk about interdependence in uh, segment three, because I wrote a chapter about that in, in my book, Be the Star You Are. And I found that it's really, I had never really looked at it for married couples, but it is really interesting. Now, here is something that I find that is very, very disturbing as well as fascinating. If your spouse's depression could, um, if you're, if one of you is depressed, okay, so if you have a spouse that is depressed, your spouse's depression will raise your own risk of chronic pain. Now, there's a new University of Edinburgh study that analyzed more than 100,000 people in the United Kingdom and that they found while chronic pain is caused partly by a person's genetics, a partner's mental health plays a role. So if you are caring for a depressed spouse, you could be contributing to the, that pain or that your, mate, your mate's depression could be contributing to your pain. Now, there's also environmental factors, of course, such as diet and habits that couples share. But keep this one. I think that one's a big one is that if you have a depressed spouse, you have to get them out of that because you are going to be the one that is going to end up having chronic pain and, and really having a lot of other troubles because you're always trying to get them up. Now, if you nag your husband, maybe your husband should thank you. Uh, we're talking about a nagging wife actually can slow the development of diabetes and promote following doctor's orders in a husband. Now, the interesting thing here doesn't work the opposite. A 2016 Michigan State University study found that a badgering spouse, and we're talking about a badgering female, improves a husband's health, even if the constant badgering and prodding strain the marital relationship. But with men, sociologists and the lead researcher that I was talking to you about at uh, the Michigan State University, um, f for men, nagging is caring. So when somebody nags you, they actually care about you. 
But for women, if you have a nagging husband, nagging is just nagging. (laughs) So all you guys out there, don't nag your wives. Don't nag your girlfriends because that is going to uh, uh, actually have a lower um, immune system response. And it is related to a risk of having diabetes in women. So I thought that is a really fascinating, fascinating statistic. So let's talk about some more things that go on in relationships. Now, if you're thinking that a good marriage is um, better for your health, just keep that in mind that, yes, it really is better for your health because of that social support, because of the fact that there are two of you there, if the, because of the fact that if one of you you know, has an emergency, hopefully the other one is there to help you out. Now, we just talked about a depressed spouse, but let's. what about if your spouse is an optimist? Thinking of the glass as half full is better for your health. So if you have an optimistic spouse, says this University of Michigan study, you are in luck. The study followed 2,000 older couples for four years, and the couples where one partner had a positive outlook on life experienced fewer chronic illnesses such as diabetes and arthritis compared with partners who were not optimistic. They also had better mobility and better motor motor skills over time. So hopefully at least one of you in the relationship is optimistic. And if both of you are optimistic, you're probably as healthy as heck. Now, if you argue a lot, if a relationship, you know, has a lot of arguments, now every relationship is going to have its spats. So let's let's just get that out of the way. There's no such thing as the perfect relationship. There's no such thing as not arguing. I mean, we're human beings, humans in training, right? But the way you argue with your significant other is what can make you sick. If loud, angry outbursts are your arguing style, guess what? Heart problems and elevated pressure is going to be down the road for you. If you tend to be the silent, you know, fuming, stonewall, your partner kind, and you you kind of just like walk out, what that's going to be is literally a pain in your neck. You're going to have stiff muscles. You're going to have back pain. You're going to have neck pain. And this is from the scientific research at the University of California, Berkeley, my alma mater, and also from Northwestern University. So look at those two things. If you If you're a loud arguer, loud, angry, outburst, not controlled, not communicating, just out there, you're going to have heart problems and elevated blood pressure. And if you are a cold, silent fumer, you just let it burn inside you and you just let it turn over and over, it's going to turn into a pain in the neck and stiff muscles and bad back. So that's something to look out. If your significant other is an exerciser, by setting a good example by exercising, it actually influences um, your mate to follow suit, and that's John Hopkins University. So when a wife began to exercise more, a husband was 70% more likely to increase his activity. Interesting, though, when a husband started meeting recommended exercise goals, His wife is only 40% more likely to join in. I think what I found so interesting about all these statistics and all these studies is that although a wife's behavior and uh, mental capacity and eating habits and all that have a great, great influence on a husband, 
what a husband does doesn't really influence what a wife does unless he is a really good communicator and a really good husband. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's very interesting how women aren't paying attention to their husbands unless they feel that their husbands are communicating and are really loving and caring and really into the relationship. If, if the wife feels that the relationship is strained, she doesn't even pay attention to her husband. That sounds kind of fascinating. Okay, so um, if your darling is a dieter, now some challenges like dieting, they probably shouldn't be done together. And this is the lesson from a Colorado State University study of 50 overweight couples. Those who decided to diet together had a rougher time of it, while researchers reported that one partner's success could really derail the other partner, who then became less successful at controlling his or her food options. Now, what if your partner has health challenges? You got to watch out. One spouse's bad habits can undermine the health of another. This is from McGill University. I have a lot of universities here. They analyzed six international studies involving 75,000 couples and found that the spouses of people with type 2 diabetes had a 26% higher risk of developing the disease and also a higher risk for prediabetes because of the shared bad habits like poor diet, not enough exercises. So the results uh, from the researchers are that we have to encourage doctors who diagnose one spouse with diabetes to also ask about the health habits of the other spouse. What about caregiving? That's a big one these days because it's not surprising that the stress of a health crisis or a significant chronic health issue in one partner will affect the health of the other, says a psychologist Cheryl Rampage of Northwestern University's Family Institute. But a recent study found that a stroke had particularly long-lasting effects. So the impact of caring for a stroke survivor can affect the mental and physical health of the caregiver spouse, not only during the first years, but up to seven years afterward, researchers in Sweden found out. So there you have it. Uh, our, our loved ones, our spouses, our long-term committed relationships have health repercussions. So think about it. And when we get down to it, this is what my takeaway was. We need to be optimistic. We need to be loving. We need to be caring. We shouldn't be dieting together, but we should be eating healthy. We should be living mindfully. And we should really be communicating because the wife doesn't listen to a husband who is uh, non-loving and non-responsive, whereas uh, the wife can be a nagger. (laughs) So I I can't wait to share some of this with my husband and um, let him know that I'm probably keeping him healthy by uh, preparing all these healthy uh, meals that maybe sometimes he doesn't appreciate. <laughs> You're listening to Style Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. I am your host, your personal growth the coach. Uh, my name is Cynthia Bryan, and I'll be right back. I hope it gave you a chuckle, but also food for thought. So stay with me. Be the star you are. The star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling Well, we are back. I am Cynthia Bryan. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And uh, the next uh, thing that we're doing, we're going for a walk on the wild side into the wilderness. You know, you probably just heard our new uh, opening and our our new um, rejoiners, as we call them. I just want you to know that uh, I will be hosting the show solo from here on out, but we will be having special guests on for different things next week. Um, Heather Brittany will come on to talk about the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which we are voting on right now, so that should be a fun time. But we are going to go into the garden. I uh, Every um, month I try to do at least two programs that are about gardening and nature because uh, I am um, a garden writer, a really passionate, passionate nature lover, and it really helps me to help you get back out into nature because this show is all about wellness and well-being and mindfulness and helping you be the best person you can possibly be. So I call this Dig a Little and Dream a Lot, and it's just the perfect thing, I think, for January because we're, all, we're always talking about resolutions and goals and a fresh start. And, you know, it does, in January, it kind of brings out our best efforts and wishful thinking because we're embarking on a new year and we're trying to find out if we actually have enough stamina and mindfulness to fulfill our goals, our dreams, our resolutions. Well, when it comes to goals and dreams and resolutions, I really do think that we have to also think about including uh, nature, gardening, and the outdoors in those resolutions. The famous English gardener and writer Vita Sackville-West wrote that the most noteworthy thing about gardeners is that they are always optimistic, 
always enterprising and never satisfied. They always look forward to doing something better than they've never done before. And I would say that totally, totally describes me. I am uh, optimistic even in the dark days, and we all have those dark days. I always, I, I like to take um, Heather Brittany's uh, quote where she always says that we have to have some rainfall if we want to see the rainbow. So we just kind of keep our faces to the sunshine, right? So although Vita died in 1962, her gardens at Sissinghurst survive as a national treasure, and they're just thriving with seasonal beauty and tender care from volunteers. I was fortunate enough to travel the grounds last year and marvel, I mean, even in the rain, at the expanse of her horticultural involvement. Vita's quote definitely describes my personal gardening mantra, as uh, my motto has always been that failure is fertilizer. You throw your mistakes on the compost pile, you grow a new garden. In other words, mistakes or malfatis, as we say in Italian, they are always an experiment in something new and maybe even a better creation. I do not rest on my bay laurels, <laughs> but I just keep on striving, not for perfection, but just for excellence in the gardens. Now, one of my favorite global excursions is to visit gardens everywhere I travel. And exploring gardens, great and small, it's a wonderful way to expand your horticultural intelligence. While um, gathering ideas for your own plot. The same goes for walking in the wilderness. Whether, you know, it is what I call the, uh, well, what is now being called kind of worldwide, it started in Japan, the forest bathing, I just like to call it um, a nature shower, but that is where you just walk under trees, it, whether, and it can be a park, it could be down a, a regular street, but you just got to get out there where you feel that there's some wildness, that there's it's not just all urban landscape. So at the top of my resolution list for 2017, I have designated garden hopping as a must-do. And in the past few weeks, I have had numerous emails from readers of my newspaper columns. I've also had, um, I've also had conversations with lots and lots of people about what they plan to do this next year as far as getting outdoors and getting into nature and there's been a lot of questions and comments and aspirations and ambitious dreams so I thought I would share some of these with you uh, my devoted listeners to employ this year as you can dig a little and then dream a lot so the first one is get your children and grandchildren engaged in gardening activities. Virtual skills and life itself are learned in the garden. Be brave. Experiment more. Worry less because there are no brown thumbs. Plant more seeds to watch the wonder of sprouting. Grow more vegetables and herbs in your pots or potager for a healthier plant. To uh, You want to plant vegetables and herbs so that you can go straight from the plant to the plate and that from the plate to your palate. So you want to consume, share, and preserve to eliminate waste. Photograph your garden often and keep records of what blooms when, what works where, and what you want to edit. Install a water-saving irrigation system. Donate extra produce to a food bank. 
And, you know, food banks really appreciate that because um, food banks get a lot of canned goods and things that are non-perishable. But if you have a garden and you are you have too many apples or tomatoes or those ever-present zucchini, bringing them to a food bank is really appreciated. People really like getting that, that wonderful fresh vegetables and, and fruit. When time is limited, hire help. Compost 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 and I'll give you a recipe for composting after I'm finished with my list visit a botanical garden wherever you travel go on a hike whenever you travel encourage pollinators to take up residence by planting and offering habitat that attract them those are birds bees bats hummingbirds and butterflies they are precious protectors of our natural environment eliminate insecticides and pesticides Research companion planting. Companion planting is a great way to keep those bad bugs um, and diseases away. And what companion planting means is that you find plants that, um, that grow in the same soil and lighting conditions and want the same moisture, but they have different needs. And those particular plants, one might rep- uh, repel beetles while the other one attracts butterflies. And so by doing this companion planting, you might pollinate um, and keep all the bad things away while making the plants better. Mulch more to reduce weeds, keep the soil warm or cool depending on the weather, and you also will stop soil erosion. Take a class to expand your knowledge. Be more realistic about what you can do and what you can't do and what you can grow and what you can't grow. For example, in the snow, you're probably not going to plant a palm tree. Find interesting outdoor accents to use in the landscape, perhaps like a vintage window, a door, or a Victorian gazing ball. Add one or more water elements. Start saving special seeds so that you can plant your garden from your own seeds next year. Just make sure that the seeds aren't patented and that they are free to plant. Um, If they're patented, you're not allowed to plant them. Propagate from cuttings. This is such an age-old, you know, tradition with gardening, and it's something that I've done my whole life, and my mom did before that, and my my nanny, my grandmother did before that, and that's how they brought things from the old country to the new country. Is there so many plants out there that you can just take clippings from and put them in the ground? Sometimes in potting soil, sometimes just straight into ground, and they'll grow. Things like geraniums and pelagonians do just great with that, as do at this time of year when you cut your roses. You have rose canes or grape canes. You can put them in a a, um, a growing hormone, and they will grow roots, and then you can grow them. Plant a garden um, or plant some pots in a patio for the first time. Add a new rose bush. Rose bushes to me are just such wonder. In fact, it's time to prune roses uh, if it's um, if you're not in the snow, obviously. But in the western hemisphere right now, in California and Arizona, Washington, Oregon, it's time to prune your roses. However, mine are still blooming profusely, so I don't want to prune mine. So even though I'm giving that advice, I'm not taking it because mine still are filled with blooms, and I'm just cutting them nonstop for my for um, my um, my bathrooms and bedrooms and kitchen. And as soon as I start seeing rose hips, then I think I will start. I will do the pruning. So it might not be till February. You want to plan a cutting garden for creating these beautiful bouquets year round. 
Uh, as much as I admire florists, I don't ever frequent them because I have so many flowers myself that I create my own arrangements and my own bouquets. So a path of fragrance by using lavender, jasmine, honeysuckle, or other sweet-smelling shrubs. You know, it's a really... Uh, it's really great when you walk by or you walk down a path and it's planted with these kind uh, these kinds of fragrant plants and you touch up against them, even like some of these scented geraniums. And oh my gosh, it smells so good. Uh, you could put even mint, you know, where you walk on a mint path. That's it's really, really fun. Be, uh, become more aware of the natural world by paying attention to the sounds, the smells, and the sights. I'm just fascinated right now by the architecture of the bare trees. You know, there's no leaves and all these deciduous trees and the colors of the bark. It's very interesting. Make your garden drought tolerant by using some succulents, maybe cactus, flowers that don't need a lot of water. Water is our probably our, our world's most precious commodity. And even though the world, our globe is covered in water, it's not fresh water. And so until we know how to harness the ocean water and give, it, give us all plenty of fresh water, we better learn how to be drought tolerant. Resolve to utilize organic gardening methods. Everyone will be healthier and, and the people of the world will be healthier, but we got to start with ourselves. Keep a journal of your outdoor endeavors. It's very interesting how things change from month to month and year to year. Use tropical plants indoors as air purifiers as well as decor focal points. It's amazing. Uh, you know, I am, I am a water baby, and what I mean by that is I would rather be by the ocean or a lake than, or even if I, has to, if I can't be there, if I'm inland, even by a fountain or, you know, uh, a pond. But I have to be around water and things like that. Well, of course, my favorite places to go are tropical locations like Hawaii or the Caribbean or... Tahiti, but you can't grow tropical plants outside when you have, uh, you know, conditions like now it's 30 degrees where I live, but you can bring them inside. So inside you can have all kinds of beautiful tropical orchids, you know, cymbidiums. Um, I love the air plants. They're, they're just so, so the, the spathophyllums, you can have um, anthuriums. So bring them inside because what they do is they actually suck in the bad air and they, they purify it so that you're breathing easier. And that way you don't have to have, you know, air conditioning or, or, or electric air purifiers. You can just use natural ones. It's really important. Enjoy your garden more, slave less, but you do want to spend at least 15 minutes outdoors every day because that's really good for your health. And while you're doing that, admire your beautiful handiwork in conjunction with nature. Since getting in shape and losing weight are the number one New Year's resolutions that are rarely kept, remember that gardening provides an excellent workout with the digging, the tilling, the weeding, the raking, the mowing, the moving, the planting, and the climbing. Plus, gardening is just great fun. So my hope for you is that you will adopt one or more of the tips that I just gave you as your gardening promise for the year so that you can be more enterprising and do things better than you ever did before. And you can be optimistic and be the star that you are. So just take a moment to reflect on your past and look forward to your future and share your nature dreams for 2017. If you want to let me know what you're thinking, go ahead and send me an email, Cynthia at goddessgardener.com. That's what they call me here is the goddess gardener. So 
you get to call me that as well. And these are just a few, um, some guidelines. I told you I would give you a compost recipe. It's really easy. I keep a five-gallon bucket with a lid on it in my garage, or you can keep it in any other storage area that's not too far from your kitchen. And you can fill it with your kitchen scraps, you know, your shredded newspaper, your coffee grinds, tea bags, fish bones, no meat products, eggshells. Dump that daily into an outdoor bin or a pile. You can add leaves and other brown materials. You can add grass. And plant clippings don't add weeds, though. Any garden waste, keep it moist. Turn it often with a spade or a pitchfork. And when the material looks and feels like a damp chocolate cake mix with the aroma of earth, you can spread it in your garden beds or into your pots or wherever you need it. Now, the other thing is with the flu and cold season, you know, in rampant uh, display at the moment, make sure to keep lots of citrus on hand, especially oranges and lemons, which have a very high concentration of vitamin C, citric acid, calcium, iron, fiber, and B-complex vitamins. You can squeeze lemon juice on salads, vegetables, meat, and of course, in your water to keep you hydrated. I have a glass of water right now with lemon in it. I have a cup of tea with a tangerine in it. Now, even cut flowers benefit from drops of lemon juice in their vases. It helps keep the make the water travel from the stems to the flowers. And you can scatter the peels on any acid-loving plant in your garden. Roses, azaleas, rhododendrons, fuchsias, and that's a natural fertilizer. Also, I told you already, it's time to prune your roses unless like your roses are like mine and they're still blooming, so just wait a little bit. But you do want to give them a good heavy prune before the end of winter. This is the time to also buy and plant bare root roses, berries, vines, fruit trees. Just follow the directions on the packages. You can spray an application of dormant spray on your peaches and other fruit trees to kill any overwintering insects. You're going to need three applications of this within the next month. Uh, I also love perusing catalogs for ideas for spring and summer flowers right now. It's amazing how many uh, things that I don't know and I just keep enjoying as I learn it. And then make fragrant uh, potpourri from your cut flowers. I uh, cut flowers and I dry them and I make potpourri and it's just beautiful. So that's it for our our gardening guide for this week. So happy gardening, happy growing to you and a happy, healthy, auspicious new year. I hope you will dig a little because it's winter, but dream a lot. Well, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our third segment. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel where we hope to inspire, encourage, improve your lives, motivate you to greatness and just help you have a a lot of fun. So stay with me. I'll be back in a bit. The business fight is coming up. Don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. I don't know about you, even though it's the new year and we are looking forward to the future, sometimes you just get beat up and burn out with your business. Working in any industry is tough. It's the long hours. It's the stress. It's the run-ins with Murphy's Law. All the things that can go wrong when you're doing your best and somehow they go wrong. It can make anybody a candidate for burnout, but burnout can result in a serious emotional and physical problems as well as a decline in profit. So here are a few tips for beating the burnout blues. 
Identify the symptoms that are affecting your performance. Do the most important things first. Stop talking and start listening. Exercise more. Catch people doing something right and thank them for it. Take a break. Better yet, you know, take a mini vacation. Help someone else because when we help others, we help ourselves. Vent your frustrations. Get it out. Don't hold it in. Reevaluate what's important in life. And do something 360 degrees different from what you're doing right now and do it just for the fun of it to feel that exhilaration again. Breathe deeply and laugh more. And remember, you are the star of your own performance and only you can turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com or go to 925-377-STAR. That's our office number, 925-377-STAR. Again, the website, CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad that we're still together. In the segment, we're going to be talking about self-reliance, asking for what you need, and interdependence. Because when we are self-reliant, we are using our blessings, our gifts, and our abilities to care for ourselves and our families and to find solutions to our own issues and challenges. And as we become more self-reliant, we're also better able to serve and care for others. We can reach inside, draw strength to conquer our daily struggles. And when we teach our children to... uh, that, you know, adversities are going to happen and how to resolve them, they learn to develop their inner strength as well. And when you have that kind of self-reliance, you have more confidence and you actually have more independence. But what I've also learned is that we are interdependent people. And in my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, I wrote a chapter called The Gift of Independence, of Interdependence, I mean. And I wanted to read that to you, and then we'll go back to the self-reliance and how it allows you to battle the crisis in life when they 
arise. So this is the gift of interdependence from Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. When my kids were younger, we loved to hike in the surrounding hillsides in the spring. The meadows were ablaze with poppies and the grass was the greenest green imaginable. We'd picnic and go on a scavenger hunt for treasures like feathers and acorns and rocks and other gifts of nature. Then one evening in early May, our hike yielded a living gem. We had just visited our favorite olive grove and were climbing a hill on our way home when my son whispered, shh, what's that sound? My daughter's eyes widened and we strained to listen, but we couldn't hear anything. Quiet, listen. There it is again, he said. And he started tiptoeing carefully through the grass. Then we heard it too. It was a whimper, a cry like that of a small baby. We moved quietly towards the sound and there in the brush was a still bloodied newborn baby goat. Where's the mother? I said to no one in particular. Don't touch the baby, my son advised, or the mother won't take her back. I'll run and I'll go get some towels. So my daughter and I stayed with the crying baby, wanting to comfort her, but knowing that our son was right. And when he did quickly return with some clean towels and blankets, and we wrapped the little kid carefully. We have to get her to Kenny right away. She needs her mother's milk. Now, Kenny was the goat herder in the town. The city had recently commissioned this goat herder to graze his goats on open land as a fire protection measure. The goats kept the dry grasses and weeds trimmed, which was invaluable during the dangerous fire season. And our son knew Kenny and had actually been working with him after school, moving fences to redirect the goats. So we carried the newborn to Kenny's trailer. Oh, I know exactly who the mother is, Kenny told us. Unfortunately, she has no desire to have a baby. Well, what's going to happen to her, asked our daughter. Well, if the kid doesn't get some colostrum and mother's milk immediately, she's going to die. I'll try to get one of the other mothers to take her, but if they won't, I just have to put her down. And when one voice, we all cried, no, no, don't kill her. I mean, we couldn't imagine this precious little baby being killed just because her mother wouldn't care for her. So we asked if we could come by in the morning to check on her. Then, if none of the other mothers accepted her, we would take her ourselves and raise her. Well, she probably won't live until morning, Kenny told us. But if she does, and she hasn't been adopted by one of the mothers, you can take her. We couldn't sleep that night. We watched the clock, eager, either, eager for morning. And by 7 a.m., we literally ran down the road to Kenny's trailer. How's the baby, we panted. Well, I was able to get her some colostrum for one of the other moms, but nothing more. She is a fighter, and she definitely wants to live. If you're willing to take her on, you can have her. So we thanked Kenny, we got care instructions, and we took our new baby goat home. Heather named her Minnie, and as a miniature goat, and like Minnie Mouse. She was really a mini. She easily fit into the palms of my two hands. We went and we bought goat's milk from a feed store, and we fed her a bottle every three hours round the clock. Minnie followed us everywhere. She slept in a comfortable nest the kids built for her in the laundry room. She was so adorable and loving that we took her everywhere we went. Sometimes she went to school with the kids, and she went to our softball games with my husband and I. Our co-ed adult softball league made her their mascot, and uh, our son became an entrepreneur, renting Minnie out for $2 a day as an environmentally correct weed-eating and fertilizing machine. Well, Minnie grew larger. She really wasn't a Minnie. She was a Maxi. 
and we had to build her a dog house to live in. She grew more, and we built her a goat house. She grew even more, and we had to build her a barn. And what we thought was a mini goat turned out to be a maxi goat. We adored her and gave her a huge fenced-in barnyard to protect her from the coyotes and the mountain lions. Goats have an average lifespan of seven years, but our mini was with us for over 16 Minnie was the first animal in what we become known as our rescued menagerie. Since her adoption, we supplied her with lots of animal friends who were also rescued from death and destruction. And we often joked that we had a welcome banner at our house that only animals could sense because every stray and abandoned creature seemed to find its way to our door and our hearts. We posted a wooden sign on the barnyard gate that read, Minnie and Friends, and she was the grand dame, a real old goat and queen of the barnyard kingdom. Now, Minnie would have died if we hadn't rescued her and showed her how to get her food, her shelter, and we hadn't showered her with love over the years. We have received much from her in return. She taught my children responsibility, gentleness, and the importance of all creatures. She she taught them how to play and to frolic, and she always kept the weeds trimmed. And although we never imagined we'd be raising goats, we couldn't conceive of our lives without Minnie. There is a difference between interdependence and dependence. Interdependence means having the courage to stand on your own two feet while allowing others to help you and nature to shape you. We are all interconnected. Whether we like it or not, we are part of a larger whole, an inescapable one, and no one can be an island. We may be nonconformists or mavericks, but we're still part of a universal community of humans, plants, animals, water, sky, stars. As astronomer Carl Sagan liked to say, you are star stuff. So you can't start living your dreams until you see yourself in everyone and everything around you. Often we reject in others what we most dislike in ourselves, and some of our most special gifts are lurking under a protective layer that we built up over the years. Cynicism, negativity, and lack of purpose can be excellent defense mechanisms, shielding us from feelings of failure. If I never try, I just can't lose. Yeah, that's a good quote. But that comforting barrier also keeps us from the connectedness that lets us experience life and feel fully alive. We can treasure our independence because it emphasizes how extraordinary we are, not how ordinary. We can't be interdependent alone. We all interact and we are all interdependent from birth until death. So see yourself in everything because everything is already within you. And if you take care of your world, the world will take care of you because life is precious. Which now that is from uh, my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. You can get um, copies. You can actually get first edition copies at starstyleradio.com. And every penny does go to the 501c3 charity, Be the Star You Are. So you're actually making a donation. So how does interdependence and self-reliance and asking for what you need all work together? See, that the self-reliant person is an independent and interdependent thinker because they're not conforming to what society dictates. A self-reliant person makes better decisions and has more self-control. They have more potential for greatness. It means interdependent thinking. Now, independent thinking enables self-satisfaction and happiness. So we feel more liberated when we can do what we need to do and we're working with others. 
I mean, would you like to be told what to do 24 hours a day? I don't think so. So we have to learn to think independently, but also inter- interdependently so that we can be more self-reliant. Now, here are um, a few tips I want to give you about asking for what you want. Because how often has somebody said, if you need any help, let me know. And we don't follow up because we don't think that they really mean it. Believe that they mean it. Remember that they're sincere. The responsibility falls on me to ask for help and to follow up. And the best way to take somebody up on to offer is to give them a specific task. Like, yes, I need dinner cooked for me one day this week because I'll be in the hospital. Friends and relatives aren't mind readers, so we need to tell them what to do, and we need to really ask for help when we want it. Could you do my laundry once this week, you know, because I'm not able to walk, whatever it is. So make a list of what you need help with, particular errands, cooking, walking the dog, changing a light bulb, even a shoulder to cry on. Write down the names of friends and relatives who you're interdependent with, that you will help them and they will help you. And match people with tasks based on their interests, their strengths, their time, their flexibility, and their comfort label. You know, um, pick up just one thing off the list and contact the person you've chosen and be direct. Ask for it. And if they say they can do it, be grateful. If they can't, just move on and don't worry about it. Because we all need to be self-reliant, but we also want to be interdependent. And the best place to find a helping hand is at the end of your own. So don't forget that. Well, thanks for being with me today. Remember to be tuned in every Wednesday, live, 4 to 5 p.m., right here on Voice America Network. It is the Empowerment Channel. We really do want to help you live a better life, a more meaningful life, a mindful existence. So imagine your dreams as if they already exist. Speak as if they already exist and act as if they already exist. Until next week, please do visit our website, starstyleradio.com and be the star you are.com. We would love for you to become sponsors of our radio show or sponsors of any of the events that are happening with Be The Star You Are. It is a tax write-off. It is a 501c3. Remember that love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. You are the greatest. You are the best. You have something wonderful to offer. You are the coolest. You don't have to adjust a thing. Just be you. Life is not a test. You won the race. So get what you want out of this life. you got to go for it. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Let's make this a great year. We can do it together. Wishing you a wonderful star smile across the mile. Until next Wednesday. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. 
Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.